Hi, this is Stuart Weems, and thanks for listening to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy-to-understand insights, strategies, and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. In this episode, I'd like to talk about how investing in the wrong assets will see you pay a lot more tax than what you need to. And tax is a, a obviously a, a really insidious thing. We don't, you know, we'd like to certainly minimise it. Obviously, the more we minimise it, the more income and wealth we keep, uh, and the compounding impact of that uh, makes a big difference to our wealth accumulation plans. So most growth assets. Uh, by definition, provide their return in two ways, uh, income and capital growth. So capital growth is really just the appreciation of value in the investment. And of, of, obviously, when we receive income, it's taxed at our marginal rate. So, you know, if we've got salary income and we're already earning between eighty and $180,000, then around about 40%, 39 actually, uh, is of our investment return is paid in tax. So we only sort of keep 60, 61%. Um, capital gains, however, are taxed slightly differently. Uh, if you hold an asset for more than 12 months and you make a capital gain, uh, half of that gain is taxed at your marginal rate. So even if you're at the top marginal rate, which is 47%, uh, only half of that gain is taxed at 47%, which really works out to be 23.5%. So that's obviously uh, nearly half of what you'd pay uh, and a marginal tax rate for, for income, for example. So, you know, you're much better off, therefore, to receive a capital gain rather than income. Now, when we have a look at the different asset classes, and let's consider the two major asset classes, that is investing in the share market and investing in property, re- investment-grade residential property. So the ASX 200, its long-term return over the last 38 years, so since 1980, is broadly pretty close to 10%. Um, today, the ASX 200, the dividend yield is somewhere between 4 and 4.5%, closer to 4.5%. Uh, therefore, uh, on a long-term basis, average out, if you invest in the share market, you probably expect to receive 4.5% in income and 5.5% uh, in capital growth, therefore uh, equating to a total return of 10%. Whereas with property, again, the long-term return is somewhere between 10 and 12% over long-term depending on how you're looking at yields, because certainly yields have changed since 1980. Uh, in today's market, you're probably going to get around 2% uh, in terms of income after you pay for expenses and so forth. And investment-grade property, a good quality, low, well-located property, should should probably produce at least 8% capital growth over long term as well. So again, total return of um, of 10%. Uh, now, when you have a look at, when you consider, sorry, that the income is taxed at your marginal rate, so you, you pay, you lose a lot of that income, whereas with the capital growth, you get to reinvest that each year. Obviously, you don't pay tax on any capital growth from year to year until you sell the property. So it's not like we're av- avoiding the tax, we're just delaying it. So when you actually do the numbers over a 20-year period, assuming the the same return from those two assets, but the income and capital growth characteristics are different, actually results in a, in a on a twenty year basis of a a twenty one percent higher return if you forego some income in return for a higher amount of capital growth. So um, that doesn't mean that shares are worse than property. It just means that we really need to understand the characteristics of the assets that we're investing in and then either invest in an entity that's going to be appropriate for them. So if it's a high-income investment, let's put it in a self-managed super fund or a super fund, for example, 
Alternatively, if we're investing our personal name and we expect to be earning a salary or other income for a, for a considerable period of time, then we have to acknowledge that if we invest in income assets in our personal name that we're going to leak a lot of tax. And the long-term result, you know, after we pay for all taxes and so forth, the complete after-tax result is 21% difference in today's dollars. It's massive. So just understanding that concept of the makeup of returns and the compounding impact of that, as I said, uh, is something that you really need to understand when formulating your own investment strategy. So in the show notes, I've got links to an article where I sort of take you through uh, those calculations also included in my book. If you've if you've got a copy of Investopoly on page forty eight and forty nine, I talk about this concept and go through the, the calculations there as well. Um, and I hope that's been of interest, but something really to think about in terms of what sort of assets to invest in, when to invest in those assets, you know, from a, a life cycle, life stage perspective, um, and then also considering the ownership structures that those assets are housed in. Until next time, bye for now.